Hey, hello and welcome to another ORFA podcast. Thanks for joining me. This uh, podcast is going to be a real potpourri or a melting pot of uh, conversations that I've had with members over the last little while in regards to emerging issues uh, and some of the challenges that have been uh, uh, having them rethink the way that they're conducting business. And there's no doubt that moving forward, we're going to have to... uh, take a look at the way that we will be functioning as an industry as we try and figure out uh, some of the stuff that is coming our way some of it is is older stuff that uh, we've been dealing with for some time and it just has new life being breathed into it other stuff is uh, completely new to us and uh, we will be exploring it collectively as uh, a membership to try and figure out uh, how best to um conquer some of these things that are coming along if you uh, follow us uh, you appreciate and understand that we try to engage uh, members uh, so that we're not working in isolation as an uh, an organization so uh, we've got what's referred to as a provincial research and development focus group and that allows us to connect with members across the province uh, instantaneously on any type of issue that uh, pops up and we get some immediate feedback in regards to awareness um, of uh, what is happening on a specific topic. And uh, ultimately, usually, there's at least one member who's already gone down a, a rabbit hole uh, on whatever topic it is that has come to our attention. And we start to have those conversations. So part of the way that we conduct business as an organization is that we schedule to bring the team together uh, to have an open discussion. There's an agenda, but it's more so that uh, we can stay focused for about an hour and a half in regards to what's happening inside our industry. But it basically, it's a conversation uh, that we're having in regards to uh, what's happening inside our business. So it's very helpful uh, for us as an organization to get this feedback uh, and input from frontline uh practitioners Uh, and what they do is they usually the majority of them will represent a regional recreation group so they're getting feedback from their region so it's just not a a singular uh, type of conversation it's uh, what they're hearing uh, in their specific areas and then we uh, cross-reference it uh, with different portions so we connect from uh, thunder bay all the way uh, you know across uh, the uh, southwest and obviously the uh, the east of the province so it gives us a like i said a pretty good uh, overview of what's happening so what do we got as priorities as an organization well i can tell you that we've had uh, some really healthy conversations as staff and the board over the last little while in regards to who is a member of the rfa and exactly what they should be getting for that membership and it sounds like a simple question and if you take a look at our website you'll see that we uh, promote that we have uh, a little bit more than 7,000 members Uh, but there's different levels of membership that come into play that uh, most of you uh, may not be aware of uh, how it unfolds some of you may be a member uh, of the association because of your employer so through the group membership 
you're allowed uh, the privilege uh, if your employer identifies you as uh, wanting uh, to uh, having access to ORFA information, uh, you become uh, a member by default. And then if you've got a professional accreditation uh, to be a member of the association and maintain your professional certification, then you have to buy an individual membership. So over the next little while, we're going to be taking a hard look in regards to what it is that you get based on your uh, real investment into the association. So that'll be a healthy conversation and definitely will uh, guide us forward uh, as an organization on the way that we're going to conduct business. So again, if you follow us, you're aware that uh, we do hold the name the Ontario Recreation Facilities Association, and sometimes that's confused that in fact we have a connection connection to the provincial government, and nothing's farther from the truth. We're a not-for-profit organization that uh, receives uh, very little funding from the province. Uh, we don't go out and necessarily seek out uh, funding from the province. We try to stay self-sufficient. So anything that we're doing as an association has to be uh, economically driven from our own resources so we try and take everything as a business plan approach so it'll be a healthy conversation in 2023 in regards to who a member is of the association so stay tuned for that uh, we may be reaching out to you for some input in regards to the way that we're going to conduct business now, uh, again, uh, members uh, brought up uh, uh, as part of the R&D focus group their challenges of a user groups, specifically ice user groups, trying to change their season. Uh, and it was uh, a pretty healthy conversation across the province on how some hockey groups had approached uh, the facility uh, to extend their season so that they could do tryouts into uh, the early parts of April. Now, the user group doesn't always understand that we can pivot on a dime to meet their specific needs, and so they're getting direction from their organization in regards to what they would like to see unfold, and some of them think that that's just a seamless request, that they can walk into the facility and say, hey, you know what, we'd really like an extended season uh, because we've got some business to conduct uh, to meet uh, our, uh, our, our, our organization's wants and needs. So where uh, we used to do tryouts in the fall, many of them are now trying to do them in the spring so there's a preparation. So as an organization, we'll continue to try and educate the decision makers uh, in regards to uh, these types of shifts and really what it means. Uh, and again, uh, we're sensitive to the fact that we're often a very small family in a community and when a user group doesn't get what it wants, times it becomes political so they end up going to elected officials to try and change the dynamics of the municipal operation to meet their needs and it can become fairly difficult in regards to the way that we're trying to conduct business but most of us uh, set our schedules well in advance uh, and shifting by a couple of weeks in the spring is not an easy thing to do because the building is usually rented out to uh, other uh, sportings event uh, or to or a, a community event uh, trade shows and that kind of good stuff so 
what we're trying to uh, relay to the uh, senior groups uh, in our province is that uh, they can't just change the way that we conduct business uh, and expect us to be able to respond. So if you're experienced in that, I'd, I'd appreciate hearing from you. So uh, obviously my email is fairly simple, uh, tpshay at orfa.com. Uh, and if you could just flip me an email in regards to, yep, uh, we're experiencing the same thing. It allows us to gauge uh, exactly what it is that's uh, going on out there. Now, uh, watching again the conversations in regards to cross ice and uh, how um, disjointed the approach is in regards to the way that the industry is providing that service. Again, it can be uh, different from community to community. There's no legislated requirement. But the conversation that we're trying to have, uh, or at least start, is, you know what, cross ice is probably one of the freshest things that have uh, changed the way that we uh, conduct business uh, as an industry. And what we're trying to remind our members is that we are information brokers. And we're going to continually be under pressure uh, in regards to generating the necessary revenues uh, that we require. Now, what we're watching is or seeing is that some operations provide cross-site services with staff and uh, others uh, allow volunteers to do it. And there's no one right way or wrong way. It just ultimately, it is the uh, way that each one of us is conducting business doesn't allow us to come up with what's considered to be an industry best practice. The question or the, the conversation I'm trying to start is that when user groups add to the menu, uh, are we in fact surcharging for these services or do we provide them for the exact same cause? So if we've got an operation that in fact will set up the barriers and tear down the barriers and store the barriers and we're not charging for that extra service, well, we've got an additional cost, but we don't have any additional revenues. So when we have staff doing that kind of stuff, that means they're not able to do the other stuff that is required inside the facility. And Staff will, uh, frontline staff will always uh, be the first to tell us in the classroom of how frustrating it is to have a facility manager uh, with expectations that are unreasonable. So our job is to go to senior staff and say, look, we're changing the way that we're conducting business. And you need to understand that it doesn't sound like much, but if it takes 10 minutes uh, three times uh, a, a shift for us to be able to tear down and 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 um, store this stuff and put it back up again. Uh, in the end, there's a multiplier of what the wages and benefits would be for us to be able to do that. And I think you'd be surprised at exactly what this little addition costs over a season. You're probably into the thousands of dollars of lost wages uh, that you're supporting another organization's uh, operation. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's basically, it's a conversation that needs to be had. And they can't continually expect us to generate revenue and then... Uh, uh, have us give away the services that we have so it's it's an interesting conversation and i guess the takeaway from this is that our mindset in regards to revenue generation in our facility over the next while is going to have to have some dramatic shifts in regards to the way that we've been conducting business and again you'll always hear me say that we're information brokers and all i 
encourage senior managers to do that when we fall into these situations is just to make those that they report to aware of that we are conducting business differently and there is an impact to the budget because the budget always guides uh, what it is that we're doing it will have a healthy conversation uh, once per year and then it's analyzed throughout so our job is to make sure that they understand that there are costs associated uh, anytime that we change business uh, if we are in fact involved now, the next one that I'm watching unfold is uh, the social issues that uh, many communities are experiencing uh, with the, uh, the economic climate uh, of the province and beyond and uh, the number of homeless people uh, and the other uh, social problems that uh, have existed forever. But what's new is how recreation is getting involved with um, these type of uh, operational uh, responsibilities inside a community. And I'm hearing a good amount of recreation um, practitioners who are now have uh, this as part of their portfolio. So uh, the communities are obviously coming together uh, to have a think tank in regards to how they'll approach uh, some of these problems locally and the recreation department is being drawn into uh, these conversations because uh, of the natural uh, way that we have been supporting uh, the, uh, the 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 issues uh, that are related uh, to uh, these types of challenges so we're warming centers we're cooling centers uh, and some of my uh, members will tell us that in fact uh, you know what they have a regular uh, clientele of homeless people that use the public recreation facility uh, for their personal needs and it, it, it's it's an interesting conversation to have because we're obviously uh, inheriting uh, some of the social problems but uh, there's not again always a, a large investment uh, in in regards to increasing the budget for us to be able to supply those services so again if you're uh, caught in that backdraft if you don't mind flipping us uh, a, a note in regards to what it is you're experiencing and how you're handling it uh, I truly would uh, appreciate it now, the next one that uh, we're watching is an interesting conversation from health and safety professionals uh, on an increase of uh, staff uh, being harassed after work. And some of the situations that are being described are actually quite scary where municipal staff and public facilities are in fact being followed home and harassed at home uh, for uh, different situations that... Uh, go on as part of their employment uh first time i've seen that type of discussion i mean we've always talked about the uh the contact that we may have with the public at the facility me uh, not uncommon for uh, cars to be scratched or uh, other type of vandalism to take place but now uh hearing that in fact uh, individuals are are being stalked i guess would be uh, a descriptive uh, way of uh, putting it uh, is uh, something that we, all of us need to be aware of that, uh, that the changing way that society is that this continues to be a, a problem as uh, we move forward so again just be aware of it and um, if you're in a, a management uh, position you might want to add it to internal staff training just as an awareness item 
Now, climate change, uh, the RFA is not a climate expert by any means, but we definitely are watching uh, how climate is impacting uh, the way that we are going to conduct business. And it's the conversations are interesting because we're talking about things that uh, were never on the radar before. I mean, if you've uh, followed us, uh, you saw us raise how Ottawa was trying to get the canal to freeze with slush cannons, and we'll talk about that in the outdoor symposium uh, that uh, we want to hold in January of 2024. Um, the one that uh, Tracy uh, uh, from IPE shared with me from a conference that she attended was an interesting one because they talked about the materials that we're putting underneath our playgrounds uh, and how they're becoming extremely heated during the uh, hot uh, warm months uh, that we are now experiencing so some of the materials that we put down are black so they truly do attract a high amount of heat source that is creating a risk for our users so who would have thought that we may have to get to a point where we're monitoring the temperature of the materials that we're putting underneath uh, our playground equipment uh, as an absorber so that that'll be interesting as we move along a conversation of climate change that we're going to have to have is uh, is uh, basic standards uh, for designing recreation facilities moving forward so we're going to have to become a little bit more focused in regards to insulation values and materials that we're using in regards to building our recreation facilities. We used to give uh, the architects basically uh, carte blanche in regards to the way that we were approaching the construction of recreation facilities. We're, we're probably going to have to tighten up some of the latitude that we've provided in the past. So I, again, interesting conversations in regards to uh, the, where we're going as an industry. Again, an appeal that if you're uh, uh, encountering any of this stuff, please uh, keep us uh, up to date in regards to what's happening in your world because it's helpful for us to determine where we need to be investing our research and development. Well, uh, January 27th has come and gone. The TSSA advisory for the operating engineer regulation and how it's going to impact uh, ice sheets uh, closed. Uh, so what happens now is TSSA will sort through any feedback that they got during that process and determine if they need to tweak the advisory or change the advisory or add to the advisory. Uh, and once that's completed internally, then the advisory is going to go live. So... Um, if you haven't been following it, and if you do have an industrial uh, ice sheet refrigeration plant, uh, the advisory is probably one of the biggest things that is going to impact our industry in a long time. It's very softly uh, written, uh, but it does carry a lot of weight, and it truly is going to require uh, an evaluation by all who have a registered ice sheet refrigeration plant as part of their infrastructure portfolio. Uh, so we will be putting together a series of uh, discussions, be it webinars. Uh, Glenn Lang, Chief Officer for the uh, TSSA, uh, is going to join us on May the 1st at our Spring uh, Professional Development Program. Uh, so uh, I would encourage you that if you do have uh, this responsibility as part of your portfolio, either plan on joining us in Mississauga live if you, if that's the way that you would like to get uh, your training or uh, pop in virtually so that you can clearly understand right from uh, the uh, the top guy in regards to what it is uh, th uh, they're going to be focused on moving forward.
members have told us uh, that the Ministry of Labor has already been out uh, and uh, getting into refrigeration plants. And uh, what we have warned of has started to come to fruition in regards to uh, the Ministry of Labor looking for the youngest person inside the facility and asking them some very hard questions in regards to the operation of the refrigeration plant. So what you need to clearly understand is that there is no change in legislation or legislative responsibilities. What the change is is, is a heightened review by those that are responsible for the governance that's associated with this type of operation to ensure that there is a common uh, approach across the province in regards to the way that uh, these uh, industrial refrigeration plants are being operated and managed. So uh, everything is in place uh, that you can either be self-guided uh, towards compliance uh, or we can uh, we can uh, attend uh, training programs for uh, uh, you to be assisted by ORFA staff to get from point A to point B. So we are uh, into month number three of 2023 and we continue to offer uh, the three different training platforms that uh, the association is committed to, at least for the next little while. Uh, we want to understand what our members want so you will drive the way that we conduct business. The RFA is not going to make a, a carte blanche uh, statement in regards to the way that uh, we will do things moving forward. It will be based on your interest and your commitment and uh, your or investment into what we're doing. So we do still continue to offer in-class training programs. Uh, we can do a live instructor-led uh, virtually, uh, and then there's online self-study. So uh, to meet the needs uh, of this, uh, the uh, uh, RFA Board of Directors has approved the addition of two new staff uh, with RFA. Uh, and immediately the uh, the IT side of uh, our operations, which is uh, growing uh, very quickly, uh, will uh, will come online very shortly. If you uh, saw e news, you'll saw that the job posting has been out there. Uh, and then uh, a position that will assist uh, the research and development side of, of what we do as an organization will follow once we have the technology side of the business uh, better aligned uh, to be able to meet the wants and needs. So stay tuned for that. Well, I'm going to have to sign off. It's early on uh, Monday morning, February the 13th, and I'm about to join uh, the uh, UK uh, Basic Arena Refrigeration uh, uh, course. Uh, so what the UK has done is uh, they have uh, approached virtual online self-study uh, as a regional group. And then what they do is they get together uh, via Zoom and they tap into ORFA staff and, ins and instructors. So myself and Rob Lilborn are going to pop in and have a conversation with the participants. Uh, and they've sent us a whole series of questions and, and their thoughts in regards to what their learning experience was. So uh, that that's... A great way uh, for us to add uh, value uh, to online self-study and as we continue to explore the way that we're going to conduct business again uh, we invite you to be creative in regards to the way that uh, you want your training needs so uh, that's a, a, a kind of an overview in regards to again where we're headed and where we're going now as the final point uh, we have discussed internally and as we continue to make online self-study 
uh, courses available. Uh, what we've decided to do is focus on the development of these training modules so that they will be available to you in a modular base. So we appreciate that um, a seasonal staff member may not require the whole ICE maintenance equipment operation course, but there's probably a couple of modules in there that would be very helpful for facility manager uh, when it comes to training staff. So maybe it's blade safety, maybe it's uh, fossil fuel safety, or, or how to power an ice resurface or safety uh, module that you can buy as a singular uh, and you can collect them uh, towards an IMEO certificate if in fact that's what you want to invest in. So we're, we're trying to be creative in regards to the way that we're conducting business. Uh, again, if you have any thoughts on how we could better serve you, we're always glad to hear from you. So thanks for popping in. Uh, this has been a... Uh, uh, again, like I said, a real potpourri of, of uh, issues and challenges that are impacting the industry. And it's what makes uh, the business that we're in uh, both fun and at times uh, a little bit difficult uh, to try and stay ahead of. So hopefully we're providing you with the, the service that you need. Uh, as always, uh, our, uh, our offices and phone lines and communication systems are open to hear from you. So thanks for joining me. Uh, hopefully you've got a couple of... Uh, tidbits uh, as you move forward in regards to uh, your responsibilities. Till we meet again, take care.